Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying try and told, try and told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. I got my man Austin Ellis in the house by way of Nashville, Tennessee right now. Uh, also known as, as, as one of the stars, one of the members of season six from The Voice. And, uh, you know, Austin, it's, it's funny. I was, I was going to just dig in that you haven't just having you tell people a little bit about yourself and, and, uh, your style of music and all of that to get started. But Josh, the man behind the scenes over here, he was asking me, how did you even meet Austin? I said, well, I'll just let him, I'll just, we'll just start there then. I'll just let him tell you. So why don't we yeah, tell everybody man. how we met? All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate you, man. Um, we met on a plane to Cabo. I was heading out for a show and uh, you were out for a retreat, I believe. And we just happened to sit next to each other by the grace of God. And one of the first things I noticed was that my man had some fresh shades on. And, you know, I had brought my best pair of shades for the Cabo trip. Uh, so I, you know, broached the conversation, just complimenting you on, on your style. And then uh, as we got to chatting a little bit and you had your phone out, I noticed that your schedule was about as dense a schedule as I had ever seen. And I'm a, I'm a Google Calendar user myself. And compared to the average person, my calendar looks like a multicolor dream. But you had your day-to-day -day science down on a level that I had never been around so of course that piqued my interest and we got to talking about you know books that we had read and and you know philosophy business and so forth and you know we've been connected ever since hit it off hit it off from there yeah i knew there was something special about you too man great just great energy great vibes you know most of the time i'm 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 quiet i treat the plane like the gym you know in the gym i'm not the guy <laughs> talking to everybody i i, yeah. I kind of like put my hood on with the headphones everybody could tell i really don't want to talk on right. the plane I'm that way too. Cause I can get work done. You know, I read right. and I get work done, but you, you, I just felt great energy from, man. We ended up talking and, and hitting it off and, and uh, who would have thought we would still be in touch after all these years that had to be at yeah. least five years ago. Plus at least, right. At least, yeah. Five to yeah. seven, five to seven years ago, five, five to seven years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then, you know, I, I, uh, I got home and I'm like, man, there was something special about that dude. And I, I didn't expect you to really stay connected. And you did. And, and we started yeah. to, to connect from there. And so tell tell people, you know, you're you're a, a, an artist who has moved, um, who has had a lot of success. Um, really, is that's an entrepreneur. You know, to me, you're you're a business owner. You're self-employed, you know. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about your journey and, and your style of music and then how you sure. got into music and, and all of that stuff. Right on. Yeah, no problem. Um, I grew up in the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And, uh, as like a teenager, um, I got into performing at bars and restaurants, uh, sang most of my life, taught myself guitar in high school. And then wasn't long before I was sort of taken under the wing of some working musicians in the area. And they sort of put me on with agents. The next thing you know, instead of working at the restaurants that I had been working at, I was performing at those restaurants and, uh, and realized I can make a living um, pretty quickly as a teenager. So I went on to study music business here in Nashville at uh, MTSU. They got a great recording industry management program. And uh, went back to the DMV and basically ran like a business in the mid-Atlantic. So I would perform sort of from Philly to like Richmond, 
never made it quite out to Pittsburgh or anything. It was just sort of that that mid-Atlantic, you know, I-95 region. And things were going well. I put out some CDs and, you know, I made a good living as a fresh out of college kid. You know what I mean? It was it was good. But eventually, I, you know, you get burnt out playing four hours a night, four, five, six nights a week. I mean, it, it takes a toll on you physically and emotionally and so forth. So um, I kind of was looking for a, another way and even considering a change of course on my life because I always did well in school. I knew if I applied myself to law school or, you know, finance or anything like that, that I could, you know, I could hang. Uh, so I was seriously considering those things when I sort of made a barter with myself that if, if I, you know, people bug me about American Idol and The Voice for years and years and years. And I was like, well, I bet I'm going to finally take them up on this, like, dare to go out and try this. And if I make it on The Voice, then I'll keep doing music because obviously that's an indicator that, you know, I should keep pursuing it. And if I don't, then I'm going to law school like that. I was I was ready to go, bro. My bags were packed. Wow. Honestly. Wow. Because I, I was so tired. I was burnt out. You know, what I mean, because I hustle hard. You know what I mean? Just like. Just like you, you know what I mean? For how long? How long were you hustling like that in in music before you got to that point? Like this turning point that that we're talking about, how long was that going on for? Like 10 years, like really. So that's what people miss. There's the first part. If they just think, yo, Austin got on the voice. Austin got on the voice because he'd been grinding for 10 years. Facts. It was was just just the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like. It's that whole thing of of I've been grinding all my life to be an overnight success. 100%. You know what I mean? It's that to the naked eye, it seems like you you had that moment, but the right. moment was just you capitalizing on an opportunity that you've yeah. been preparing for for a decade. Right, right, yeah, and it it was tough, you know. But and it got to the point later in that decade where I was I would even call it like paid practice, you know. Me, my, my living, my job was just showing up to the bar, playing for four hours straight. I was like, man, this has got to pay off somehow, some way, because I'm going to be the most polished, you know, seasoned musician at 25 that most of these people have ever seen in their lives. Um, and so I did. I went to New York, you know, got on the bus from Baltimore, went to New York, stood out in the freezing cold, bro, for like six, seven hours. It was like 18 degrees in Manhattan. So, you know, that's like, that's real cold. No doubt. And, uh, Luckily in line, I stood next to a dude who had like a real down girl, like a down woman. I think it was his wife. And she was literally in Manhattan circling the block in a van so that every like 20 minutes, he would just run out, grab like a a sip some coffee, have a donut or whatever, and warm up in the car. And I just happened to be right next to him. And by like the second time he looked at me and was like, you trying to go? I was like, bro, thank you so much. <laughs> so we Hilarious. literally got out of like, I'm. It was like a, it was like a soup kitchen line in the obstacles. Yeah, outside yeah, they were already testing to see how bad you really want. Uh, how much do you really want this? You know. And I was there sitting in there with his wife. You know what I mean? Like you're the sweetest woman. I hope I find a woman like you one day. You know, body that. But anyways, got in and uh, and did my audition, and I was the only person selected out of my group, and. Uh, and it was sort of like getting the golden ticket, you know what I mean? Like in Willy Wonka style, just like you never think, especially because you're in line with like 10,000 people. You never think that you're going to be the one that gets it, even if you believe in yourself and so forth. You know, in the back of your head, you're like, look, I'm going to go shot. on faith, but it's, you know, it is what it is, you know? And like I said, my bags are packed for law school. So I was, you know, I was sort of like, all right, this is going to be it. It's all good. And it just kept going. And next thing I know, I'm in LA. My mom's getting flown out. My four-year-old niece is getting flown out. We're on national television. I'm 
with, you know, Adam Levine from The Voice, Usher, um, Shakira, Blake Shelton, of course, and then a hundred other really talented musicians who I'm still friends with probably at least like four or five of them. Now it's been, you know, that was 2014. So it's been almost 10 years now and got lifelong friends from that experience. But it was kind of like going to um, like X-Men, like the Academy. You just wanted to see what superpower this person had. Yes. What, what was their thing? What yes. made them so special? And so what forth. did you learn from those coaches, Adam Levine and, and some of those other coaches, anything stand out? Well, I would say like some of the vocal techniques and stuff you learn from the coaches along the way will stick with you if you're paying attention. Um, also, you sort of see in the entertainment industry from the top of the mountain, so to speak. So, you know, kind of know what the what the, the pro pro top level people, how they get treated, how, how it all functions. And based on who you are as a person, you're going to determine, do you want do you really want to aspire to that? Is that something that you really want or not? It's sort of like a boot camp. And honestly, one of the things that got me most in shape for what my life would develop into after the fact was the flights, the constant flights back and forth. And I know I see your Instagram on a daily. You're on a flight about every other day and I'm on a flight about every week or a couple flights a week, at least now. And uh, so it kind of got me in like shape, so to speak, for what a successful career in music actually feels like and looks other like. things people don't think about. You know, when it comes to the price, you know, it's like, oh, man, it must be nice to right. sing and entertain and, you know, and all that and do what you love. Right. And that's that's the truth. But there's still a grind and a process to Absolutely. everything. There's there's people that are good, but they're not willing to pay the price to get on a plane, you know, every week to make that dream a, a, a reality. How did you handle the pressure, you know, of competing on you know, one of the biggest TV shows at that point that had to be pressure. You know, it's like, man, I'm about to go out here in front of everybody, not yeah. just the club or the bar right. or the restaurant or the wedding. This is right. like everybody's watching. The whole world. Man, honestly, I think I sort of took it as, one, I stayed in the gym, in the hotel, and that helped a lot. Just keeping, trying to keep a routine and, and keep level-headed. I tried to eat healthy and, and just put myself in the best state of mind and physical you know, spiritual sense to, Mom, to handle spirit. Exactly. Um, you know, there was also a lot of pretty girls that were there on the show. So they, they keep the pressure off, you know, you're distracted and, and having fun. I would think and, that put the pressure on, man. I don't know, bro. They it took the like pressure off. Yeah, to I like that. <laughs> I mean, you're in LA all of a sudden sitting by the pool, you know what I mean? In the middle of the summer with a bunch of super talented, cool people. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Um, the production days, you realize that show business is hard work because when you weren't on production, it was leisure. You're at the hotel, you're chilling. But when it was a production day, man, you're up at like six, you got to go through like hair, makeup and wardrobe before you even get to a 13, 14 hour day on set doing, you know, this, that, and the other. So I gained respect for what people in show business really go through. Yeah. Um, so anybody and, at the end, you know, it's, there's another one that stands out, you know, the people at the top, you know, of where you want to go, you got to remember what comes with that life. You know, that, yeah, yeah I, I want to be a star, but do I want the 12-hour day? Do I want the 14-hour day? Do I want the yeah. 6 a.m. wake up? I, I want to, to be LeBron, but I don't want to play on Christmas and be away from my family. You know 100%. what I'm saying? And luckily, because of the nature of that, you know, five to ten years prior when I had been gigging, I had sacrificed a lot of Friday and Saturday nights that, you know, my friends were out having fun and I was at some bar making a living, you know, and, and there were holidays where you couldn't say no. 
You know what I mean? Because you needed to make sure that you were covering your expenses and your bills and, and making that life work. So I had gotten uh, thick skin to the sacrifices that came with it. So I wasn't really too worried about it from that standpoint. Um, as far as the the pressure really came more so from your community. Once they kind of got wind what was going on, they want to know what's going on and you had to keep everything a secret. So that was a little tricky, but you know, all in all, once you get up on stage, it's just about the music. And, you know, if you're, if you're a musician, an artist, a performer, you know what it feels like to lose yourself or, or give yourself over to the performance. Cause really it's about a connection between you, God and the audience, you know what I mean? And so you want to stay out of the way of that as much as you can to make sure that that's coming through. And, and so once you're on stage, you, you know, it's, it's, it's music at that point, or, or like you would say, LeBron, once he's on the court, it's just playing ball. Yeah. Amen. What, what about, you know, other than that moment, you know, when, even when, when I, when I got to see you last year in, in Pittsburgh, so funny too. Uh, he came in and, and on a whim, and we linked up and we went to dinner, Napa Prime. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, me, it was me, Natalie, and I think Sienna, my daughter, and you. Or was it just me, you, and Natalie? Was it just no, me, I you, think and Natalie? It was Sienna and, the, and uh, who's your Simon? boy? Yeah, yeah, my son. Simon. All right. So yeah. it was the whole family. All right. Yeah. So, all right. It was I the whole the family. Whole and then we had this room. And then the, the table next to us was big table of people celebrating their birthday. Yeah. Yep. And, and my wife was like, Austin, you should go sing happy birthday to him. <laughs> and it's like, there was no questions that. asked. He jumped right up. I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, yeah, he ain't going to do that right now. <laughs> he jumped right up, walked right over there and just blew it out. Just tore it up. The whole restaurant stopped. Everybody was clapping <laughs> for you. It was great. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, my that dog cool. right there. That's right. why he came in here with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they oh, loved you. He's like, yeah, you talk to him, get my number if you want. Then I became your yeah. agent after that. You know, right, that's my manager so right there. Just talk about your experience when when you performed at you know doing venues, private parties, corporate events, weddings, festivals. You know, give me a little Man. bit of inside scoop about yeah. some of that stuff. The good, you know, the bad, the ugly, the funny. Right, right, okay. But, you know, I, I play a range of of things. You know, I go from weddings to corporate events to festivals to colleges to private events in people's homes you know and they all kind of have their little idiosyncrasies i would say weddings are a wonderful thing to be a part of you know because you're literally stepping into a really special and important moment in someone's life everybody that comes to a wedding for the most part you know there might be a disgruntled somebody like an aunt or a grandparents you know there might be a little bit of weird vibe from one little but overall the overwhelming group is coming there with a good positive heart mind spirit and they want to have a good time and celebrate love and celebrate people coming together so to step in and what i do when i perform in ceremonies and then cocktail hours and then i'll perform people's first dances where it's just me and the couple mm. and like that connection that i was talking about it's just us like locked in this little bubble of a moment that everyone else is observing. And that's a really special thing, you know, cause people are dancing. So you're literally like syncing up with these people's most special moments. Um, and then I DJ too. So then right when I'm done, like, you know, with the, with the heartstrings, it's like, take the, you know, take the clothes off and let's get wild. I didn't fun. know you could DJ too, dog. Yeah. Oh, so no. it's a, that's a well-rounded experience. Oh, you man. know what I mean? 
and I'm on the receiving end or I'm sort of the, the, the channel, the vehicle for all of those feelings from the most tender moments to the most sort of ruckus and fun celebratory moments. So, I mean, I get adopted into a lot of families as a result, you know what I mean? Where it's like you build a lifelong connection, sort of like the people from the voice. Cause it's such an intense experience. Yeah. Those, Don't happen like, all the time. Special moment. Exactly. Yep. So some, some of those relationships still last and I still check in and see those people when I'm in their cities and so forth. So weddings is a really cool thing. Uh, corporate events is kind of funny because it's always a little stiff, you know, at first people, <laughs> people come in, they're worried about one of boss. ours. They're worried about their colleagues. We'll be a little loose. <laughs> Let's go, you know, sign me up. Bubba. But you know, so it's always like that first set is like trying to like get them over their anxiety and then you know there's usually an open bar so by by the second set people start to chill out and it's it's cool but it's not it's definitely not as intimate um going into people's homes is cool and, and intimate but it's also a little like and you feel a little invasive you know what i mean it's a little bit like i'm over here by the fireplace you know jamming but it's like you know there was a couch here before i got here it's a, it's you know so it's cool but it's it's just it, it's hit or miss i would say energetically based on uh, how the people are <clears throat> yeah then festivals is a lot of fun. I just did a festival last weekend in North Carolina, and that's cool because it's family friendly. Usually, you know, I can crack jokes. Uh, last weekend, I brought like nine girls up on stage with me to like do da- background dance for like the last two or three songs, and we had a straight ball. You know, so it's an it's an environment where I can have more fun, be more loose, joke, interact more with the crowd, that sort of thing. So that's fun. Um, and then colleges is sort of the same way. Colleges have a little bit of a, of a mentor twist to them. You know, I'm able to like talk to some kids and, and, and spit game to them and and teach them some things and try to encourage them in this moment of, of development to really shoot for whatever it is that they feel like, because there's always going to be naysayers. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times at those bars that I played that people were like, man, can you really make a living doing this? Like you're going to starve. Like you're going to struggle. I don't know why you're doing this, picking this life and so forth. And wow. Just throwing all kinds of shade your way. Spitting that negativity. on you, Constantly. Like meanwhile, they're like tipping you, buying a CD, signing up for your email list, but they're still dropping their little ounce of like doubt that they're trying to sow in in you. And so you have to develop a, a, a certain determination and a thick skin and a focus and a self-belief in order to overcome the pressure, no matter what it is that you pursue. Cause there's, you know, you're always going to be stepping on somebody's toes. Nobody likes change. Especially you know, if you're going up. Yeah. The minute you start getting above average, man, they're coming for you to talk some sauce, knock you down. You know right. what I mean? They're trying, they trying to humble me, but I'm like, man, look, you had to talk to my music. I can't hear you. You know Amen. what I mean? So fortunately Focused. I was able, right. You know, and one thing that I will say is that after the voice, you know, they help you. They give you a lot of exposure. It's an, an incredible thing sort of on your resume as a musician. And it's impressive to, you know, the average person. But they're not putting money in your pocket necessarily after that. You got to go out and get it. And people probably think you on the voice. You just you get off the voice and you made it, brother. Right. Can, I, can you loan me five dollars after? That? Right. Right, you sudden, got off yeah. the voice. They said, "My dude made it. Can you loan me about a hundred thousand? You, right. you still got to go out there and put work in. Nobody's giving you nothing, right? Exactly. And like, oh yeah, all of a sudden the Christmas uh, gift uh, demands get a little bit bigger. You're like, man, what? 
Since Gucci? What you mean Gucci? Girl, you better go to Old Navy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but you know, so there was a period after there, and they kind of tell you about it when you're going into it, that it's almost like a hangover, you know? Because, again, your community, the people that you know and love, they're all building you up, supporting you, and pushing you, and they expect you to just, like, take flight. Launch. And there's not necessarily a path for people coming off the show to do that. Now, fortunately for me, shout out my boy Ryan Maloney. If you're ever in Vegas at a casino, you might catch him. He's got like an Elvis sort of vibe. He's he's really talented dude, does a lot of like rockabilly stuff. But he was still on the show. So literally, I, I lost my battle to the guy that won the show. And on the way back to the If you got to lose, that's who I want to that's who I want to you know, go down. It's like, at least like, man, all right, all. I lost to LeBron in the finals. Yes. Oops. Like, yes. you know, at least I was there. Um, and, and, and to be real, funny story is that right after that, Shakira was so mad that she didn't have any steals because she liked me so much that she stopped production, which they don't do, and followed me off stage and like hung out with me and my mom and my niece. My mom's from Mexico City, and Shakira is obviously a world renowned Latina artist. And yep. I'm a young man looking at Shakira like, Jesus, please take Amen. me. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Hilarious. And, and and she was so gracious and apologetic and was just hugging on me and loving me. And I was like, first of all, you got to remember, Shakira, I was ready to go to law school. You know what I mean? And now I'm hugging Shakira. So you don't have to apologize for nothing. Like, my life is blessed. I'm, I'm feeling good. But again, right after that, my man Ryan, on the way back to the hotel, and he we probably had two or three conversations. We didn't know each other that well. So this is just sort of a, a, an idea about the grace that people can show you. Yes. He literally said, bro, if you want, I'll call my agent in Vegas and you can go and work all my gigs, play all the casinos in Vegas. He's like, my wife will pick you up. You can borrow my car, my sound system. You can stay in my son's room in our apartment until you pass like the, the, the test, so to speak from the agent and from the, from the, from the casinos. And then you can get yourself on your feet, you know, get an apartment, whatever. So literally, man, he, he like, yeah, but why, why though? There has to be a reason other than he's a real nice guy. You know, what do you I mean, think would be the I, reason? What what would stick out? Because if I'm doing that, I'm a nice guy. I could see myself doing something like that. But yeah. the person I would have to know is worth the investment. That yeah. I'm down to help this person and be a bridge, but I saw this work ethic. I saw this attitude. I saw this situation. I saw yeah. something special about that person that would make me do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, of course I had to ask Ryan exactly what was going through his mind uh, to determine that. But, you know, I imagine it would be something to do with my my demeanor, my work ethic that I showed. The fact that most people, including among the production, which could have explained Shakira's action, assumed that I would get stolen and, and, and therefore continue in the show. So maybe there was a bit of like, man, like he got kind of a bad deal and he should be on, you know, let me put, help put him on. But honestly, I don't know. Because I was just remember thinking like, man, that's amazing. And I'm on it. Like, I will not let you yeah. down. And I didn't. You know, I went there and I You I did? You went it. to Vegas? I went to Vegas. So, I got an apartment. So there you go. So there's another point <laughs> of you got to, when opportunity knocks, you got to get your bags packed. Sometimes you oh. got to just, that could be the move. Run it. You got an opportunity. Nah, I ain't going to move i don't want to move i don't want to travel i don't want to fly i just want to stay home it nah if the opportunity knocks you got to be ready to go go those are big things that happen that maybe you did that other people wouldn't have done 
or they sit yeah. and wait on that opportunity and let it years go by and don't do anything about it because they don't want to get uncomfortable a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and, and, and I think, again, like going back to that, that you know, the ten, you know, overnight success, 10 years in the making, it's like when you put in that kind of work and that, and that kind of sacrifice and you get opportunities, I think you're more disposed to be like, oh, run that. Sh- I mean, run that. You know what I mean? I'm going for sure because I busted my tail for so long. What did you do for so long? What are those sacrifices that you speak of? Man, like I said, bro, if playing four or five gigs a week, you know, for four hours at a time, the average concert you go to, right? And you go see your favorite artist. They might play an hour, 45 minutes to an hour and a half set with a band, which means that they're not doing everything the whole time. Yeah. So that's the average musician that people go and pay their hard earned money to play. Yeah. And now, I'm playing guitar and singing for four hours, bro. Energy. Five, five times a yeah, week. Yeah. So, like, for people that are listening to this, like, for my, I'm thinking in my business, you know, the average person gives 10 presentations. You was out there giving 40 presentations. Exactly. The bro. average person was working 40 hours. You was out there working 80, 100 hours. Bro. You was putting in more effort. Bro. And it's tough. It's it's hard on you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And then again, like I said, that's all of your evenings. Hard on you. All physically, of mentally, emotionally, giving up weekends, giving up evenings. These are the things people miss. I want to be a star. Right. What was that song? I want to be a millionaire so so bad. Yeah, so effing bad. You do until right. until it's time to do this type of stuff. Right, right. Until it's time you know. to you, you gotta you gotta work evenings, you gotta work weekends, you gotta move, you gotta Bro. do this, you gotta you gotta outwork the competition, you gotta 100%. do more than what you're paid to do before you end up getting paid more and and feel like you're worth more, but you gotta do more until that time comes. One hundred percent. Right. And now, you know, and, and by the grace of God, you know, after the Vegas stint, eventually he came off the show, of course, because the seasons and he did really well. He went into like, I think, like the top five or top ten. And, you know, he came back and his agent invited me to stay and sort of, you know, kind of find where I could fit with his existing schedule. But like I said, before the voice, I had a pretty strong business going on the East Coast and I knew that I could pick that up. And I was like, no, nah, like I'm going to let him have his world back, so to speak. Thank you. You know, definitely took me to another level and a great experience, but I'm going to go back and handle my business on the East coast. And so I did. And, you know, that was a humbling and a hard experience because all of a sudden I'm right back in the same grind, you know, and I'm like looking at, I'm looking around like, man, I just went through this amazing transformative experience, once in a lifetime opportunity and so forth. But now here I am. And what do, where do I go from here? Mm. You know, it, and that was, that hurt, bro. Like it, it was tough. Um, and by the grace of God at a rehearsal or like a jam session at a friend's house, his, my, my man Winship in Annapolis, Maryland, his wife uh, was his like agent. And I'm like, so where are you playing these days? What's going on? He's like, man, we found this platform called Gig Salad and we're getting requests every day on this Gig Salad thing. You should check it out. And I was like, all right, bet. And I did. Bro, it cost me, I think, three or four hundred dollars to market myself in my like, say, let's say the Washington, D.C. area, 50 mile radius for the year. Mm-hmm. Um I started getting the requests. I started booking the shows. And then I was like, man, this is working so good. And you know how it is on the East coast. You can basically drive from like Richmond to New York in like 
seven hours. Right. So you got Richmond, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, Jersey, and New York, all within driving distance. So I was like, well, let me add Philly and let me add New York. Next thing I know, I'm driving up and down 95 playing bigger money shows in Philly and New York and in Richmond and in D.C. Who's driving? Myself. They missed Myself. that one. Yeah. Brother, they missed that one. I want, there's another one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want it all, but I don't want to go up. I don't want to get on the car. I know Cassid don't want to get in the car and go an hour. You going Bro. up and down seven hours, six hours. This Bro. is the price you yep. got to pay. I'll, I'll you go, say I don't want to do that, then there, then you don't have an opportunity. These are the things that you got to do to to build. Sacrifices. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and I did. I would go three and a half hours up, you know, to New York, drive right into Manhattan, play a show. Bro, you know the new, the tallest building in New York City, the Tower One, where they where they replaced the from the Twin Towers that big building. Yep. I played the I played the top of that joint. Like I played there for a big fashion event, you know, and then, and then and then pop out of the city and drive three and a half hours straight back. Not even spend the night. Grind. Not even spend the night. Yeah. Grind. You know? yeah. I respect that grind. I respect yeah. that grind. I'm like, man, I'm going to keep this Airbnb money, this parking money, this, you know, I'm going to keep the profit so that I can reinvest into my business. So not six months into it, the CEO of Gig Salad's assistant emails me and goes, the CEO would like to speak with you. Um, apparently you're the top earning person on this site in the country. And I'm like, well, dang. All right, let's talk. I get on the phone and this is a day when I did have a show in New York. So I'm like driving up the way, talking to the CEO of Gigsalad, whom, which, you know, through which I booked this show. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm trying to use your platform to the best of my ability. He's like, what are you doing right now? I'm, like, I'm going to a show in New York. He's like, how much are they paying you? For like one person. Now you got to understand from when I was a kid, a, a four hour show in the DC area, which is a higher paying market than most in the country is about $250 for four hours. So I was on my way up to New York to do a show as a solo guitarist for $1,500. So whatever there's six times yeah. the yeah, amount. Six times was, what you was already getting. And I was probably playing for two or three hours instead of four, you know, and he's like, bro, I never thought in a hundred years that anybody would be doing what you're doing on this site. And I was just like, well, bro, I don't know what to tell you, but you invented some powerful technology and, you know, thank you. And he's like, bro, I want you to come to Chicago and speak at the CD Baby conference and be like our success story and tell these people what's going on. I said, bro, absolutely. As long as you cover the expenses, you know, I'm there because I got to take off a weekend off of my schedule. So right. like. We got to keep it cordial. Right. And he was like, absolutely no problem. Flew me out. And here I am in Chicago. Stayed in a haunted room, by the way. I'll have to tell you that story another time. That was wild. But um, <laughs> but I get there and I speak to these people. And all of a sudden, there's probably like 400 people in this this room that I'm speaking in. And you can hear and feel and sort of the energy in the room is bubbling as I'm speaking these people's dream, you know. I'm speaking to the people who are coming from the same struggle that I lived for the last 10 years about a path that they've never heard of before that is actually working for someone that can change their life. And the PR people and the, of the conference come up to me after I speak and you're like, bro, you realize that the social media engagement while you were speaking was higher than the entire weekend. It was the highest moment of the whole weekend was when you were speaking because it was connected. I was like, man, I bet it was because it changed my life. When I thought that, that I was like, I don't know what to do now. You know, I was confused right. before I found before I found this path. 
And so I'm talking to the CEO afterwards and I say, listen, man, rather than paying three or $400 per market per city, this is Mark Snyder, by the way, God bless that man. He's my man, Mark, wherever you are. Love you, bro. And I said, instead of paying three or $400 for the year per market, uh, if I could pay a monthly rate, you know, break that down, prorate that. And then that would allow me to say be in 10 markets for two or $300 a month, rather than paying three or four grand out of pocket up front to like, get this thing going. Like, let me see how far I can take it. And he was like, no problem. Matter of fact, I'll give you a better deal than what you're asking for. He actually gave me a better rate than what I had requested because he's a good dude. And he comes, he's an agent. So he came from a background where he was tired of seeing people get abused and overworked and underappreciated. So he sort of already had the spirit where I was coming from. And so he put me on and I went from the three markets to like five and then I went to 10 and then I went to 15 and then I went to 20. And then I called my booking agents for all those $200 gigs, $250 gigs. And I was like, after at the end of this year, I will no longer be performing in bars and restaurants. Like, thank you for helping me through the last 10 years of my life. I love you, but I, I don't want to do that anymore. And you can awesome. just consider, consider me done. And it was sort of a leap, a leap of faith because I had only been doing the gigs out thing for like six months. And it was like all based on my projections and the way things were going that I could see that I wouldn't need to do it anymore. But I didn't have like a years under my belt where I could say for sure I was going to replace my income. So it was, it was a leap of faith. And I think that's an important thing too, is that there's, there are times, and I think I saw something that you posted recently about risk, you know, the reward, you know, the success, you got to go through risk. You got to be willing yes. to take certain steps that are even risk harder. Risk is the than price life. you pay for opportunity. Risk is the price. you Exactly. And, and there, so there are moments in your life, aside from the day-to-day sacrifices and the grind that you should expect to to put out in order to get what you want in life. But there are certain points in your life when you have to be willing to take up risk in order to elevate, to go to the next level. And so that was my sort of like act of faith. Like I'm not doing this no more. And I believe in myself and I believe in this business that I'm developing and I'm going to go for it. And that next year was the first year I ever made six figures. Wow. That was, that Went was all in. Life. Just let's go. When was that? That was in 2016. Nice. Yep. Nice. And, and then, so from there, I've taken it to more. Now I'm in 40 to 50 markets in the U S and Canada. And I'm, you know, year over year over year, steadily increasing as far as the six figure thing, moving up the, the ladder. Um, then you just increase what you charge. Right. So exactly. It was just a simple more demand, supply, more demand, higher, higher leverage, higher price. It's only so much time you got. Exactly. And, you know, so we're, we're leveraging this thing on a, you know, U S and Canada. So, you know, international level, that's how I ended up going to Cabo was because somebody from New York was having a retreat in Cabo, similar to what you were doing there. And they had found me by Googling and finding gig salad, finding my platform, talking to me and saying, and I said, yeah, bro, you can, I'll come out to Cabo. Sure. Matter of fact, let me put my boy on from the voice. So my boy Nelson from Baltimore came out Nelly's echo and they found another person from the voice and the three of us went and did a show in Cabo. Sweet. So, you know, you go from sort of a perpetual grind in these, in these bars and restaurants to the voice, which is incredible. You know, it's about as big as it, get, so to speak. And then right back into those 
same that same grind. And then, you know, there's a line in a Jay Z song that I really love. Uh, he said in Renegade with him and Eminem, he said, I drove by the fork in the road and went straight. And that's really what I did at the end of the day was I saw an opportunity that even the founder of the company didn't realize was possible. And I went for it, you know, and now I own a home in Nashville, Tennessee on a lake and I do awesome. healthy six figures every year. Just I'm get started in, too. You're young, bro. I'm sitting in a really nice, like this studio that I'm sitting in right now is no joke on a professional level. And, you know, I'm blessed, bro. And, and, and once things got bigger with me after like maybe the first or second year, I spoke again for Gig Salad in Nashville and I spoke to Mark and I said, look, I think we should make this available to all working class musicians in the country and in Canada. I said, you know, let me develop a course to teach these people. And so I did. I developed a course to help up and coming musicians. And I put on maybe like 10 or 20 musicians at this point. Oh, that's nice. That's dope, you know, bro. Awesome. It, bro, it's life changing for Helping them. Helping other people. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know. Let me ask so you this: Is there, is there, you know, being in Nashville, it's kind of like music capital. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nashville's music central. Is, is there, is there a competitive aspect to living and performing there at all, or, or not? Nah, because of the, there's so yeah. much stuff going on around the country. I'll say one thing: musicians are there's there's a spectrum that musicians like exist on, you know, and some people are really ego driven. And some people are like a little autistic and I'm probably a little autistic, you know, so that's like there's, there's communication challenges, but sometimes it's hard to help people. You know what I mean? That's what I've noticed is people are resistant because basically you're coming to them, telling them that, you know, something that they don't know that you're almost like yeah, you're smarter it's just a than a lack them. of humility and, and, yeah. and you can't go, you can't become great. You can't leave where you are and go to the next level if you can't, have some humility about you enough to learn from others and, and be willing to take uh, advice to, to increase your opportunity. Right. And, and so I, but it is hard big, to help people. It, bro, it's, it's tough, simple. Man. You could tell them exactly what to do. Yeah. You can try to put them directly on game. That's something that would literally turn their whole world up where they're trying to, in their mind, where they're trying to go, but they will resist and resist and fight you off basically. And so, it's been, it's been a challenge to sort of, so I wouldn't say com competitive, more like combative. You know what I'm saying? More like don't want to listen to nobody. And, 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 you know, like he's like the saying goes, right. It's like, you can lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. It, Amen. it is what it is. Um, let so me, let me ask what, you this is, is uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? You have something you want to say? Well, I was just going to say that now what we've resorted to do is for us to integrate my business model into gig salad itself to where it's actually an offering from gig salad and not from like an outside expert. I'll still be the expert, so to speak within and create the content for gig salad, but it'll be directly under their umbrella and name. So that way it's not threatening to, you know, nice. it's not like I'm this big, bad musician and I'm trying to tell you how to do it. It's like, look, this platform that is giving you your gigs already is trying to tell you there's a better way to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yes. and we're trying to, the whole goal with Gigsaw was to put people on. And for me, because, you know, now, you know, I'm, I'm married now and, and I got a baby girl on the way and, and I'm comfortable with that. I'll tell you what, if I had gotten a girl pregnant or was thinking about getting married when I was playing bars and restaurants, 
you would see a panicked face. You know what I mean? But because of my situation, I'm cool. I'm like, I can hang, I can handle this. You know, I picked a great partner and, and she's a strong, beautiful woman. I know she, she works harder than anybody I know. Wow. And can't wait. So, can't wait to meet her. I haven't met her. Have I? No, you haven't, bro. But Amazing. it's going to happen soon. Let's can't go. wait. Congra- yep, yep, congratulations, I- brother. Thank you, bro. A lot of lot of sad a lot of sad women out there, man. A lot of sorry. A lot of heart lot of sad, lot of hearts broken, my brother. I know there was a, <laughs> the chicks loved you, my dude. You could sing them too with with all that swag. Oh and, man, and, good man, for you. Nah, congrats, right. man. I'm sure she's an amazing right. uh, woman, man. That's that's a yeah. that's a great piece of it too. Well, yeah, as a, we as we wrap up, man, I, I want to. Uh, ask you one more question and and uh before i do just so i don't forget can you because i know a lot of our listeners are gonna want to uh follow you man you're you're uh you're entertaining for sure <laughs> so uh how, how would somebody be able to uh follow you or contact you for a show or something like that right um you know on you know instagram and and tiktok and so forth my my handle is uh by austin ellis uh, so at by Austin Ellis, so you can find me online that way. If you Google Austin Ellis, if you're interested in, in me performing for your event or your wedding or anything like that, um, it's really easy to get in touch with me. In fact, my wife will be the one to, you know, help you through the process. Cause now she's my, you know, assistant and booking agent. So she's in the business now. Um, and, and we'll be happy to, to come out and, and entertain and, and connect with you. And, and then we'll be putting out some new music here, uh, towards the end of this year so oh, i love it i yeah. like it that's what's up anybody yeah. that calls through the grind cast too i want 99 percent back this way if anybody gives them a call <laughs> yeah yeah we'll talk about that later i'm teasing i don't want nothing <laughs> come on i gotta oh, bring man. you wanna, over I, here i, 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 come, I, I gotta bring come you over for... here i gotta find an excuse to get you over here i'm gonna work right. on it. i want to come to one of your one of your things i can't wait connect. i can't wait yeah. you already got this we saw you at, at our executive council, we got to hang out with you in Nashville this yeah, past year. Dope. I got to see my dog, had some fun with yeah. you, cracking me up. Everybody yeah. loved you, Mr. Man, Social. Had, remember, remember when we had the tip jar and I went around the whole joint? Yeah, you're a jar. savage, bro. You don't care. You're you're crazy. Between you uh, and Firm, you guys don't care. Legit don't care. We'll do anything. You're nuts. Yeah. What what is Shout what is firm. what is the best piece of advice that you can give as we wrap it up to musicians or entrepreneurs, people just trying to make a name for themselves and, and, and get it going. What's your best piece of, of advice or encouragement? Well, one I would say is to insulate yourself from outside influence and, mm. and criticism or, or doubt, you know? Um, and that, I think that comes through belief and, and prayer and meditation and a good support system. Um, so, you know, when people tell you that you can't, you got to be able to still be friendly with them because you, at the end of the day, you want them to like listen to your music or get into your business or maybe refer you to someone. But you got to find a way to politely um, disagree with them, you know, and, 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 and not not take it to heart. Because if you were to stop at every person that told you to stop or that doubted that you could do it, you wouldn't do anything in Amen. your life. And, and so that's an important, you know, factor. Um, going back to that line in that song about driving by, you know, went, going through the fork in the road and going straight is that 
there is unlimited opportunity and possibility in this world. And, and you can create a path that no one else has created. And just because someone else hasn't done it or figured it out yet, doesn't mean that you can't be the one to actually make something happen and, and make your dream uh, and create a new reality and a new dream, you know, that then people can follow in your footsteps. So don't be, don't be afraid to be different and to uh, pioneer uh, new ideas and, and new things. And, and you're going to end up helping people in the long run. Um, so th- I think those would be my two pieces of advice. Love it. Do you, do you think it's possible to go? And I don't want to lead you into it because I want you to, I want you to just be real and give sure. me your honest to God opinion. Do, do you think it's possible to go to new levels and higher levels without some level of, of sacrifice, you know, giving up of something? I can't imagine how. I can't imagine how, because even now, right, you know, I'm I'm blessed, bro. I, I go and I fly to the most beautiful places in this country, playing and performing for some of the nicest people and get treated like a king. But I still got to get up, you know, at three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes to catch a nonstop flight to San Francisco. That day, get a car, maybe take a nap at the Airbnb for an hour, go play a three or four hours, whatever it is that my obligation is. And then the next morning at three or four o'clock in the morning, get up and fly either back to Nashville or to another city to go do the same thing. And that's tough on you. That's a grind. That's tough still. No doubt. It's just that now the stakes are higher and the, the, the benefits far outweigh the, the cost. Um, so even when you're successful, and I know you can attest to this because you're probably one of the hard, hardest working men in, in showbiz, like they say. Um, even when you're successful, you know, the grind doesn't stop. It's a, it's a mentality. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. Um, but as a result, I mean, look at the world blossom around you, bro. I mean, you got a beautiful family, you know, beautiful network and business and home and people who love and believe in you and support you and who you mentor and support but you, you probably the hardest working guy in the room most of the time. And I'm here in Nashville in my lane, you know, in music working to create something similar. And I know every day when I get up, even if, you know, I want to take a half a day off or something cause I'm exhausted physically from a, a tour or something like that, that I got to get up and go. And the only way I'm going to have an impact and help people and even on an emotional level with the power of music is if I stay consistent and work hard, you mm. know. So it yeah, don't bro. stop. Fire, fire, love it, bro. All awesome stuff. I I know that you've uh, and congratulations on everything, man. I, I I remember you first telling me when you first started really falling in love with this girl. I remember us talking about it and you telling me, you know, I got you're gonna be happy. I got somebody to help me because I was always telling you you got to delegate <laughs> some stuff, brother. We got to hire sure. some people. Over yeah, here, I so I I remember that man. It's cool to see all of that play out, man, and uh, and I'm proud of you, she, man. And you just getting great. started. You're young and hustling and grinding, and now life Thanks. is even about to get better for you. Your your uh, your reason why your motivation factor, brother, is getting ready to go to a whole a whole nother level. I, I feel it coming. It's going to. It's already yeah. there, and 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 now you you you're the type of person. Some people take that and it makes them slow down. Cause they're just hit in the face by love, you know, so much. And other people take that and it makes them like go, like speed up, go to another level. I got somebody responsible for me. I got to take, I got to bring it. You know what I'm saying? And I could tell you're that type of person. So you're, you're going to just go to a, 
to another level, man. So congrats on everything. I'm proud of you. Appreciate you. Likewise. And uh, thanks for hopping on a episode of the Grindcast with us, my brother Austin. We'll talk bro, to you soon. Bro. All right, guys. Man, Let's appreciate get it. you, bro. Love.